Menace to Sports is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity, like Progressive Home and Auto Policies. They're best when bundled, too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save over $775 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings is $779 by new customers surveyed who save with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary, not available in all states. It is Wednesday, November 27th. Well, for, for the rest of you, it is. For Patreon subscribers, you've had this show since Monday. So check out patreon.com forward slash minutes of sports. You get a custom RSS feed. You get shows early, a bunch of other shit on there. Um, really good, I guess, a, a more intimate experience with the show. And I, I need, I'm doing better with it now. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grow it and, and make it cool and unique. We, you know, we have a group chat for one of the tiers and a lot of stuff going on. But anyways, welcome to the Inside the Mind of the Menace, right? I don't know what we're going to call the show, but something like that, um, where, where I'm going to bring people in to kind of just not interview me, but just have conversations. And one of my good friends is going to join me today. His name's Caleb Lopasser, and, and I'll talk about it on the show. But um, he, he's a, a sheriff's deputy here in Franklin County, um, one, one of my good friends, and also an avid college football fan. Uh, is going to join me to talk a little, you know, a lot of things. Just him and I have conversations probably at least at least twice a week about college football. He picks my brain, and, and he he hit me up about it. He was like, "Hey, our conversations that we have, people would love to hear you talk about that stuff." So he was like, "Let me come in and ask you some questions and see see if people." like it so if you do like it make sure you let me know and 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 talk about it on twitter and respond to me and let me know that this you like this style of show because this is an in addition to show we've obviously started the menace in the morning we did that this morning we're launching this extra show it's kind of the mind of the menace and then obviously we're going to have our 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 college football recap show and our college football preview show i'm trying to maximize content because I, I know people like it, and I'm trying to make the show grow. So if you could do me a favor and reach out to fr a friend, text them the link to the show, uh, wh whatever. Just help me grow. Help, tell people about the show if you can. And, and always, if you could leave a, uh, go on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a five-star review and, and drop a note. Um, I would appreciate it. So the, the other thing I want to reiterate, in case you missed it, um, is is one of our partners, MyBookie. Uh, we partnered up with them, and we have a promo code Menace. So just start off there. Go to MyBookie and use our promo code Menace. Whatever money you put in, they do a, a match deposit where they give you double that. So if you put a hundred bucks in, they give you hundred bucks, whatever. And if you're on Patreon, I'm gonna give you my my play uh, of the day is, is a parlay Saints money line with the Lightning money line. I said Blue Jackets at the end, but but I, the first time I said Lightning, I, I, I'm going Lightning money line and. Uh, and Saints money line parlayed. It's a little better than an even odds, so you can double your money. So go to my my bookie, use promo code Menace. You get free money. Put it on that parlay. When it hits, boom! Now you got play money. You can start gambling a little bit. So uh, just wanted to throw that out there. As always, you can check out Menace to Picks for handicapping advice. That's just my play. That's not a Menace to Picks play. I'm no, I'm no handicapper, but I love that play, and I'm I'm crushing it this year on, on my projections. So take that parlay. Sign up with my bookie and use our code, and uh, you'll have some money. Have some money to play. Um, so before we get to the show, last thing I need, to, I want to do, and, and we I, we've talked about it for two shows now, and it's really, really near and dear to my heart. Is I want to give you that information about the mental health uh, assets and resources that we've partnered with, because everybody needs to talk to somebody. You know, some people have a great wife, some people have a best friend. Sometimes you need a professional to just just listen to you, right? To to get your mind right. So we got a great show coming for you. But real quick, let's get a a, a word from one of our other sponsors. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I want to talk about this for a minute because this is something that means a lot to me. Obviously, everything that I went through, mental health is a huge, yeah, I mean, it's a huge deal over across the country and it's a huge deal to me. So when this sponsor approached our show, I, I obviously jumped at the chance to add them to our, our sponsor reel. And it, it's, it's an unbelievable opportunity for you, everyone, really. Everyone needs mental health development and awareness. And um, it's really, I've, I thought about it, it as like, all right, is there something preventing you from achieving your goals or what inter what interferes with your happiness, right? And if you go to betterhelp.com slash menace, they, it's an unbelievable network 
where they will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, whether it's depression, stress, anxiety, sleeping, anger, um, family conflicts, you name it. They can find a licensed therapist in a secure online environment to get you working on your mental health. I mean, all of it without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room without leaving your house, driving to a therapy appointment. You can talk to someone online at betterhelp.com forward slash menace. So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It honestly only, you could get, in under 48 hours, you could be talking to someone. And if you don't do that now, I highly recommend it. I do it, and there's no shame in it anymore. It's 2021. It's all about bettering yourselves. And, and all I would say is there's testimonials on their site. I checked it out when they contacted me and it's been awesome. I'm so excited for my journey. Wanted to share it with you. Obviously they're sponsoring the show, but even bigger than that with Ryan Day's initiative on mental health awareness and everything in Buckeye Nation that that is going on with mental health awareness. I, this is an unbelievable opportunity. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com forward slash menace. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, it's betterhelp.com forward slash menace. All right, there you have it. Trust me, it is worth it. Um, but all that's out of the way. All the administrative stuff. Oh, no, it's not. I lied. This Saturday, tailgate, down at the point on lane, charging on lane, Braxton Miller, myself, slew of other players, I would imagine, oh, they always show up. Former player or current players, families come. It's going to be huge. A Halloween spooky, spooky night. Go check it out on Eventbrite. Get your tickets. 50 bucks, all you can eat. Two drink tickets. Additional drink tickets are fi only five bucks. So the bang for your buck's incredible. It's great food from Revelry Tavern and Shade on the Canal, Giant Eagle, and then uh, drinks from peanut butter uh, whiskey from Screwball, Buckeye Vodka, Coors, White Claw, Bud Light, you name it. We got Captain Morgan's. We got a bunch of stuff. Awesome vibe. Awesome bartenders. Come hang out and let's party for what will be a huge weekend of college football. You got Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Michigan State, and obviously Ohio State, Penn State. So come hang out with us. It's on Eventbrite. Now, all of that is out of the way. Let's get to the show. Watches downfield. It's Olave. He's got a touchdown. Ohio. Why am I talking? You're not even in football. Yeah. Did you even play to the high school level? You took journalism. It's a bunch of nerds interrupting people who know what they're doing. <laughs> it goes to the corner, dies in the corner. He didn't get there. No, they say he did. And Indiana wins. The commissioner could literally punt a baby with his wingtips on. I'm still going to watch on Sunday. Looking for the deep ball. I don't condone the man's actions, but it's football. I have to watch it. This is all I have. On first down, it's Brees Hall. He doesn't go down. He might go all the way. He stays on his feet again and scores. I wasn't going to hit a woman, but then that guy in the Ravens did it, so I guess it's okay. All right, as promised, we are switching up, uh, not, not switching up the show, but just adding kind of an additional viewpoint, additional content. And so I have the pleasure right now of having a good friend of mine, Caleb Lopasser, in building. He came on the show. If you remember, been a long time listener. He came on the show back in, I don't know, COVID times, back with all the social un uh, unrest behind George Floyd. We had an awesome podcast with CJ Barnett, Caleb, Joshua Perry, and myself. And uh, he's, he's, he's a good friend of mine now. He is a, a huge Tennessee fan. And so he's been, he's, him and I talk all the time about college football. And he wanted, he said, listen, let me come in and just, I'm going to shoot, shoot some questions at you, get your opinion, because they're questions I want to know. And I would imagine other people want to know. So thank you for coming in. Oh, appreciate you having me. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> all right. So what yeah. do you got for me? Here's what, what do you want to know or what, what questions do you have that you think, the people, the listeners might want answers to. I want to start with the whole transfer portal idea. Yeah. We're getting what 70% through the season, 80% through the season. The seasons are kind of wrapping up. Yeah. You got your freshmen that are just coming through. They played their first year where they got red shirt or whatever else. Coaching carousels are starting to spin up. Mm -hmm. Got guys looking to make decisions, right? Do I stay here? Do I stick it out? At what point is it quitting on your team? At what point are you looking at? I need the best for my family. Cause I, mean, I get it. There's, a thousand different variables. You came in, they promised you one thing. Offense didn't get ran that way. Mm -hmm. Looking at it from you being a position coach, when you had guys that were probably 
didn't pan out the way they wanted to, what those conversations look like and what's your advice for those kids? You know, I think it's it, there's really two different situations. There's obviously hundreds, but I categorize them two different ways, right? And nowadays, and the future of college football, this is going to become a norm, right? Right after trick-or-treat, it's going to be like part of the holiday season is the portal season, right? It's like yeah. Thanksgiving. And Early we, signing period and transfer portals. Right. Like yeah. We're signing, transferring, and Santa's coming to town. So all at the same time. <laughs> but um, it, I really view it as two different ways, right? Two different scenarios. One is... That prima donna freshman that thought he was going to be Julio Jones day one, and he's not yet, and he needs to develop, needs to be coached. And that kid's just honestly like being a little bitch and wants to leave because they said I was going to be a great player and I'm not right away. Right? That's one situation. And in that situation, yeah. I mean, you try to convince the kid that that things are going to work out. He's got to stick to the process. And a lot of times, honestly, for me, I didn't have to have those conversations because the older players would have it with him. Like, bro, I, they, they would say all the time, like, I felt this, I felt the same way. Like, I wanted to leave. I hated Coach Smith. I wanted to fight him every day. Like, and then they would, they would tell him, like, listen, now, like, I'm so glad I didn't. Him and I are extremely close. Like, I can't imagine playing for anyone else. You had the benefit, though, that your, your position group was loaded. Loaded. And you had good leaders there. Great leaders. So those guys have already gotten results. Yeah. You put guys in the league. Yep. They had good stats. They had good tape. For sure. So then, you know, switching the gears to the guys that they don't, don't have that. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, then that's the other conversation, right? There, there could be poor coaching decisions. I look at some of the stuff that's going on in Ohio State's linebacker room or was going on early. That was a conversation we had. Yeah, we had that <laughs> conversation. And, you know, if you're playing guys that aren't getting it done and there's a young kid that's talented that thinks he can get it done, now you've got a problem, right? Because your position group's not performing. It all comes down to the, kind of your credibility as a coach. It's like, all right. If the receivers are killing it and I'm not playing, I'm a young kid, I can't bitch that much, right? Like those guys are killing it. So right. I just need to keep working to become those guys in a year or whatever. Um, but if they're not, now now everybody's got questions, right? And everyone wants the microphone to say, hey, excuse me, like th that they suck. What am I do am I do I suck worse? <laughs> right? right? Like right, and right. now now you're kind of and it's an indictment on the young player, right? Like the the receivers are bad and you're not playing. So how bad are you, right? Right. And that's what they got to answer to family, uncles, friends, all that. You it's see like, a lot of that with quarterback play. Oh, a lot of that with quarterback Across play. the country. So I think that's that's the first scenario. And the second scenario is Joe Burrow. It is Jamison Williams. It is guys that maybe have put in the grind, right? They've been there two, three years. It's right. just not going to work out for them one way or another, or they want a bigger piece of the pie, like Jamison Williams. Case. I think that's that's definitely the case there. I mean, you, yeah. you had a loaded position group. Alabama's wide receiver, wide receiver core is depleted. Oh, for sure. All those guys are catching balls on Sundays now. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's like, well, I can go there and be the feature, even though no he doubt. wasn't that way against Tennessee. No, but he was not. No. Tennessee took him out of the game. I heard I heard plenty about it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that those are two scenarios. In, in, in a Joe Burrow situation, or you know, we've had a bunch of those over, over my career, you, you sit down with them and you say, listen, like you, you try to map out a plan for them to stay and you have to be completely understanding. Like, listen, you put in the process, you're a good player. Like we think you can play here eventually, but if, if you want to get on the field, like we, that was the conversation that urban had with Joe Burrow. It's like, listen, we think you might be the starter next year, but we can't promise it. Right. And, and we're actually really good with you or Dwayne. So we can't predict it. We can't call it. So if you want to go somewhere else, then I mean that's we completely understood, and there was never bad blood. It, it was always talked about like he's probably going to transfer because Dwayne had a little bit of an edge, not a big edge, and so he left, and everyone was happy, right? And so that's the good transfer. The bad transfer is like we had Trayvon Grimes, who after like a month he wasn't playing, he wasn't any good, he 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 needed to stay and get developed for a year or two, and he's like, nope, I'm out. Like screw you guys, I'm going to go to Florida. It's like okay, go to Florida, have an average career, like, and look what happened, right? Those are the two different. Yeah, scenarios. I don't remember the name. Yeah, so. well, he played, but he didn't do much, and I don't, I don't think he's on a roster now. But, but anyways, and he was a good player. He would have been a great player had he stayed. But he just had an opinion that he should, he should be somewhere starting because he was the number one receiver in the country at, at one point. <laughs> well, yeah, good old recruiting rankings. Yeah, without a doubt. So we, you broke it down to a couple of different scenarios. So say the guy does decide I'm going to transfer, I'm out. Whether that was for a plethora of different reasons, right? One of them is, you know, I didn't get utilized the way I thought I was going to get utilized, wherever that shakes out to be, right? You right. told me I was coming to a pass-happy team, and we're running the ball 75 right. times a game, like, out of 84 plays. Like, right. what, what happened? Uh, how do you not make that, I guess, mistake again? 
lack of a better way to put well, it. Well, I mean, you look at what Tate Martell's done, right? Tate Martell leaves Ohio State. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go to Miami. Boom, doesn't start. I'm out of here. I'm going to go to UNLV. Boom, doesn't. It's like, you is gotta, there a curse with that QB one show? Is, <laughs> is that is there, there is there something to it? Well, I think I think there I is. Mean, you got to an Tate extent. Martell and who Spencer Spencer Rattler. I mean, it's. I mean, there he is. We're, we're making celebrities out of seventeen-year-olds, and that's just absurd, right? It's like it's like. Justin. Well, they picked two good personalities. To yeah, they to. definitely did. Yeah. Well, they, that's on purpose, right? It sells clicks, right? It sells oh, the show. Hundred percent. You got Spencer Rattler telling all his receivers they're terrible, like at practice, and you're like, oh, people will watch this, and people did, and now they they love the fact that he's not playing because he's an <laughs> asshole, right? It's karma, but. Um, yeah, I, I think you have to be calculated, right? Like Joe Burrow was very calculated. He was going to go to Tennessee uh, with Greg Schiano and then Clay Travis fucked that whole deal up. So he had to pick somewhere else, wanted to go to Nebraska. They didn't, they didn't offer him. Scott Frost didn't think he was good enough. So he found his home at LSU. Seems, seems right. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's poetic for both of those programs, honestly. And who also, who knows if he would have become Joe Burrow. I mean, he, he got really lucky now. Oh, I mean, he, lands he fell in a, into a great situation oh. with a wide receiver room that and I mean, Joe, you look at Justin Jefferson and what Jamar Chase is doing. Unbelievable. Like, those guys, they were good. But good. now and we Clyde realize Edwards, that how good they really were. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, and on top of that, even more to my point, was Joe Brady. He lands in he lands Huge. in LSU, and Joe Huge. Brady comes in, and it's like, wow. Well, look what he's still doing. Yeah. I mean, he took a below-average QB in New York and turned him into having his best season of his career now. There's no doubt. So, There's no doubt. So he Joe got lucky also, but... But it, part of, part of it is being calculated, right? You got to you got to really mm-hmm. do your homework, and it's a lot like head coaches, like Urban Meyer before he ever took a job. I mean, he would spend days, like endless days, probably three days, let's say, all day, just evaluating film and rosters before he ever took a job. That's why he took the Bowling Green job because he knew there was some talent there, right? Yeah. And when he took the Utah job. The facilities, because they had just had the Olympics in Salt Lake, like he knew the facilities were the best in the conference, not even close. He knew that the roster had talent on it. Now, he also got lucky as shit. Josh Harris at Bowling Green is a running back. All of a sudden, he moves him to quarterback. The kid's a Heisman contender, right? Alex Smith is his backup quarterback at Utah, just magically a number one overall pick. So he got pretty lucky too, but he did a ton of homework. And I think kids need to do that too. You got to do your homework. What's the what's the depth chart look like? Are you available for them to email you? Absolutely. You do the homework for you? Absolutely. Hey, Zach, I'm a wide out. I'm transferring out of oh, Wisconsin. Easy. Where do I need to go? Easy. Yeah. Easy. Hit me up. Zach at Menace to Sports. <laughs> So let's uh, let's talk. Then we talked. We talked about QB one. We talked about this phenomenal quarterback play that we're having across the country. <laughs> now, uh, there's no Heisman front runner now. No, do you agree? No, there's not. I mean, and why are we talking about Caleb Williams after two and a half starts that he's a Heisman contender? Because he like took, had a Heisman moment against Kansas. He took yeah. He took Kansas? the ball. Took the ball from a running back and got three yards against Kansas. It was really fucking magical. He's he's given the trophy right now. You've watched him, right? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming him. you have. Yeah, he, I mean, he played like shit against Kansas. He made a couple a couple phenomenal plays with his feet, but he didn't play well against Kansas. That's why they almost lost, right? If you have a vote today, who's it going to? Um, probably either Matt Corral or the kid from Michigan State, the running back, Walker, is is unbelievable. I mean, just lead, leads the country in, in, in every rushing category. He he is dynamic with the ball in his hands. I mean, if they, make, if they go beat Michigan this Saturday – and if the, and then even if he can play well against Ohio State and not win, right? And then he finishes the year. I mean, I, I don't see how you don't have him in the conversation, right? Totally. I know it's a quarterback award now, but he's he's ridiculous. What, well, I what, think mi- that's taken so much credibility away from the award. We, we've turned it into it's a quarterback award. Uh, the quarterback award is, but that's I mean, clearly this year, yeah, that's not the best. That's not. I mean, I don't see. Look at what George is doing right now. Yeah, there's no quarterback. So no, no quarterback on the team, number one in the country. Uh, as much as I can't stand Kirby Smart and whatever, but you know they're twenty five star kids and uh, they're D tackle. The they're, kid just takes over football games, so he's their best player on that team. Right. And I mean, at some point, was it Jordan Davis? I think at some point there. I mean, it'll probably never happen, but at some point they need to get back to where you know back in the they've had defensive ends win the award back in the eighties, and you know they it used to be like the most dominant player, but you can't tell me that an Indomitian Sue wasn't the Heisman winner then. You know, like there's there's been players right. like Chase Young. What are we talking about? Was, that kid was the most dominant oh, defensive I mean, player. You talk, who'd they game plan against? Right, they, right. Chase Young. Right. How many guys do we need to block Chase Young? Right, and and so I don't ridiculous. I mean, honestly, that that's if if we opened it up as the best player in college football, there wouldn't even be a quarterback invited. Okay, so give year. me that right now. Best player in college football right now. Ooh, um, that's a great question. 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I'm sure you could go position group, right? You could tell me who the best quarterback is playing right now. You could tell me that you just did best running back playing right now. That's the best running back playing right now. I mean, best quarterback play I've seen on film. If you're talking about player, just player, not quarterback, but just player that takes yeah. the snap. Yeah. I, I I love Matt Corral and what he does for that offense, running the ball, kind of he's kind of Johnny Manzelish, like probably get you beat. Oh, but, he definitely is. But baller, right? Just a baller. Yeah. But yeah. if you're talking about pure quarterback play, I mean, if you look at the film and the analytics, what CJ Stroud has done after getting healthy is second to none in the country. I mean, it's Bryce Bryce Young right now is going to be the front runner because he has a number on his helmet, right? That's the only reason. He plays for Alabama. But I watched every snap of that game, obviously, out of frustration for most of <laughs> right. it. Right. Um, and I remember texting you about about your guy that went up down in Alabama, and, and I said he's not impressing me. But really, I mean, it was Bryce Young overthrew him. Yeah. And Bryce Young underthrew him. Yeah. Bryce Young didn't give him catchable balls. But I was I'm mainly just talking crap. Uh, and I was not impressed with him in he's, that football game. Listen, I, I think he was just average at best. He's going to be a good player, but he's not there yet. And Alabama is not asking him to do a whole lot. And when they do ask him to make a big throw, he's wildly inconsistent, more so than C.J. Stroud is, for sure. No, he's grown a lot. He's grown a lot. And, and he's starting to make people believe that he was injured early in the year. And I don't know that that's true, whether he just kind of improved and settled down after taking that game off and then a bye week or well, whatever. Been both. Yeah, it could have been, been both. both. Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, now the way they're playing doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so honestly, I mean, that that's who I like right now in, in the country. I mean, that's who I think is playing at a high level. So CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud's the best quarterback in the country playing right now for a team, you know, for a big-time mm -hmm. team. I mean, you could talk about Malik Willis at Liberty, who's an absolute freak of nature, but he ain't winning the Heisman. He plays for Liberty. I don't give a shit what he does. You know what I mean? Right. But so at a at a actual Heisman contending position in school, C.J. Stroud is the best in the country right now, how he's playing, right? Not, not full picture, but just the last three, four games, he's been phenomenal. You talk about bad sports takes of the week, right? It's an episode on the show, and I just love that we're going into Monday morning, and they've started the the Williams hype train oh, for yeah. Heisman after two and a half games. He got he got this Paul Finbaum. He's a clown. I mean, seriously? I mean, of course, his vote's going to go to Bryce Young because if it has anything to do with Alabama, that's where Paul's going to go. Always, always. But that's I think the whole the whole system needs to be revamped. The Heisman voting structure, who votes for the Heisman? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's archaic, right? You even you look back when Dwayne Haskins was at the award, and I didn't think Dwayne should have won the Heisman, but he had better statistics and numbers than f amongst all the quarterbacks there. I think who was it? Tua, Trevor, and him, or, or I think it was. Uh, he, yes, and he had, he had he had the best better stats than all of them. So it's like you're looking at it like I don't think Dwayne should win the Heisman, but he had a better year than those two. So what the fuck are we doing? Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's it's like a lot of things for popularity contest. So here, we're I want to I want to shift now to head coaches. Yeah. So we had another another one just fall coaching carousel. Texas Tech's jobs now open. Right. They just fired Matt Wells. Yeah. Don't know a thing about Matt Wells, but you got Texas Tech open right now. Yeah. So this brings me to a, a, a thing I saw here. We got the top twenty five fan bases that are most frustrated with oh. their head coaching position right now. Oh, boy. Now, a couple weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, on your podcast, you talked about, hey, is it time for Florida to move on? It is, but From yes. that cornball down there, yeah. right? So they're, they're actually listed at number two. They're, yeah. they're number two on this list of most frustrated head coaching positions. So I want to talk about, about the, some of this list, and then I, I want to hear your fits for some Ooh. of these open positions. All right. So uh, we got Carson Palmer, I guess, teasing the idea of going to USC. How do you feel about – so you got, what, Prime out there. Is Prime a good candidate for FSU? Yeah. I mean, he is. He, he really is? is? I mean, I – If not Prime, you said what, Mario? Oh, from Miami, Mario for sure. Oh, to Miami. That's yeah. right, to Miami. Miami, Mario is the, the only candidate, and they need to absolutely take all the money that they were giving hookers and the Coke dealers <laughs> and throw it all at Mario because he's – a lot of money. It's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. And he's – I mean, I've, I've been around him a little bit. I don't know him overly well. I've met him, talked to him a dozen, you know, a dozen times. But he's one of the most impressive coaches and what he did at FIU, he he got it. You talk about getting a raw deal. He is he is Miami. Like he is that that culture. He develops offense alignment, develops defense, develops toughness. And if they can have that in Miami with the freak shows they get from freaking you know Miami Northwestern High School, good God, he's the only option at Miami. And I I wouldn't even talk about anyone else there. A press conference with a button up shirt on where it's like three buttons down. And you got the chest hair hanging out in a <laughs> gold chain. Like yeah, yeah fit it in. Fit it Absolutely. in. Absolutely. I mean, the guy screams South Beach. 
right? South Beach. Okay, number one, Virginia Tech. Ooh, yeah. Um, they're, they've they've fallen off completely since uh, obviously well since Bud Foster left and since since they you know it's not the old Virginia Beamer. Tech. Yeah, yeah since Beamer's Frank Beamer out. retired and it's they they went this route with Fuente and 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 I don't know who the fit is. I mean, I would love to say Shane Beamer, but South Carolina they're is, terrible. I mean, that's that's just bad. Bad. That's bad, bad. Bad. And I don't know him very well. I have met him, and he doesn't my, – my big thing about head coaches, right, is you don't have to be a great coach. You just have to be a great CEO, a great motivator, and you have to have, like, a presence, like, in front of a team, in front of a group of people, like – like Urban Meyer, when he walked in a room, there was a presence. Like there, he was, and even yeah. be, even before he was Urban Meyer, like when he first got hired at Florida, hadn't won shit yet. He, there was a presence about him, right? And Mario Cristobal has that, right? Ryan Day has that. Greg Schiano has that. Honestly, like when he walks in a room, like square jaw, professional, speaks well, like and just has an aura about him. You're like that fucking guy's a head coach. That's what he is, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Shane Beamer does not like. He <laughs> kind of looks like a pipsqueak. Like you're like. This guy's the head coach. Like, what I are think, we? I think a, a term we've thrown across the table at each other a few times when we've talked about different, you know, head coaches has been he's just cornball. He's a cornball. He's, he's a cornball. He is. Like, he is. I don't trust him with my dogs. Right. Right. Yeah. And like yeah. Lou Holtz was kind of like that, but he he had the gift of gab. Like he could talk. You know, he and he's made more money giving speeches now than he did it as a coach because he can talk. So there's you got to have a shtick to you, and I don't know what Shane Bieber Beamers is. Except his dad was the coach of Virginia Tech. I really don't. I'm sure well, sometimes you live off that. Yeah, you do. You fake it sure. till you make it. Lane so, Kiffin, fake it till you make it. I don't know who who that guy would be at Virginia Tech, but it's got to be it's got to be a defensive minded guy, and they got to get back to. I mean, that's what Bud Foster was. It. I mean, I know Frank Frank Beamer was great, but Bud Foster, his defense, and then Thursday night games. I mean, that was that was Virginia Tech, right? And it's not that way anymore. Okay, so then the, let's follow that up. You said defensive mind. Is there a defensive coordinator out there right now that you say, "Hey, this guy's this guy's going to be a good head football coach"? I mean, there there's there's an excellent football coach that has that presence and aura, uh, and he's he would do a great job anywhere. Is DJ Durkin at Ole Miss? Now he also was at Maryland, and a kid died and all that. So th- there's that PR aspect where you have to you have right. to deal with it, right? But he didn't kill the kid. Granted, I get it. He, it's under his watch, the strength program, and this that. But he didn't. It's hard to prevent, right? It's hard to put that solely on him. And he's one of the best coaches and coordinators that I've been around. He was at Michigan, wasn't the full-time coordinator. Greg Madison was. But he's a great football coach. I was at Florida. I've known him. He was a GA at Bowling Green when I played. He's an excellent football coach. And honestly, he would do an outstanding job at Virginia Tech. So that's a name that just popped into my head when you said that. Um, Outside of him, uh, I don't know. That's a weird job. It has to be the right fit. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you're talking about a guy that's a great – coach but he also was a head coach yeah he also was a head coach and he's 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 got that presence to him that's all i know and and so he he will get a shot eventually again and when he does he'll probably be successful if luke leaves cincinnati Mm. where's he going notre dame i think that's the only i think it's the only job he's he'll take Really? Um, oh, obviously Ohio State. He would maybe. Well, that's not going to come but up. It's not going to happen. So, no. so Notre Dame. I think it's the only job he leaves that job for. But at some point, Notre Dame has to like look at themselves in the mirror and say, "How many times are we going to like? Are we just going to keep plucking Cincinnati guys? <laughs> like, what what are we doing I mean, here?" That's, yeah, that's kind of par for the course, isn't it? Right. No. Yeah. So I think he would take that job. He's he's a strong Catholic, uh, you know, faith based guy, and uh, it's not it's Midwest. He's not going to USC. He's not going to Texas Tech. He's not going anywhere like that. Um. So, so I, I you're going to go on the record right now and say there's no way Fickle goes to USC. No way. No way. No way. Okay. What about Penn State? If uh, Franklin he, goes to USC, would Fickle go to Penn State? Yeah, I think he would. I think he would. Why? Be back in the Big Ten, bigger brand. He'd love to, as much as he loves Ohio State. I think he would love to compete with Ohio State because right now, I mean, he's like he's like the beloved ex. Right? Oh yeah. You, you know, oh yeah. You get to Ohio State guys, you know, love love what Fickle's doing, right? He's he's stirring up the pot yeah. until it comes to stirring up OSU's pot. Yeah. I mean it, it yeah, it's it is it's like an ex girlfriend that that got hotter after she after you broke up with her. Yeah. And you forget about all the nasty shit you said about her when you're dating and why you yeah. broke up with her. And now it's like, man, we'd l- I'd love to have her back. It's like what? Just a couple years ago, you were telling us she was awful, right? That's what Ohio State fans do, right? Luke Fickle was terrible, awful. Well, they were out. spoiled too. They were. Very I mean, spoiled. I mean, it's decades of success. You realize yep. how you don't. Well, you don't realize how good you have it. There's until no doubt. A guy like Fickle comes in on the heels of a guy like Urban. And you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. And then, well, it's actually a pretty good football coach. He's a great football coach. 
Okay, let's let's follow up. Oh, yeah, let's follow up with this. Your tweet out uh, October twenty third at nine eleven p.m. We want Georgia. <laughs> now I didn't say we say. want Georgia. I said Buckeye, Buckeye Nation. Nation right now we is, want, is oh, saying okay. we want Georgia. That's not in quotations. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me tell you something. Nobody wants Georgia. Nobody right now. Well, they have no quarterback. But I'll tell you this much. If there's a team that matches up with Georgia, and I would say would, would win the game, it's Ohio State. Because everything Georgia is, right? Ohio State's offense right now is second to none in the country. They're throwing the ball at an elite level. They have a Heisman candidate back when maybe next year when people say, all right, he's not a freshman anymore. I mean, he's ridiculous. Right. Their run game, their offensive line, their tight end play, there's not a weakness on offense now that C.J. Stroud can throw the ball. And then on defense, they're improving, but Georgia's offense is it's, it's just not top-tier offensive football. I mean, they, they run the ball decent with Zamir White and Dalvin Cook's little brother, James Cook, mm-hmm. and their skill at receivers, okay. Half of them are hurt. And then their quarterback position, I mean, J, when JT Daniels is the quarterback, I think he's a good player. Stetson Bennett was awful last year. Now he's doing a decent job managing, right? So they they match up really well with Georgia. I don't think they're ready for that yet. But Buckeye fans, after watching how well they played this last week, are, are I promise you they're home like, we'll beat the shit out of Georgia, man. They, they can't well, move the ball on us. Yeah, I mean, it, Ohio State's moving the ball very, very well. And you look at Georgia and you figure if if we get ahead of them, well, oh. What are they going to do? I mean, yeah, right. This this is uh, here's one thing that Georgia Georgia's claiming to be tight end you, I guess, because every every tight end they've signed has been some five star kid, and I'm I've never. I mean, is Darnell Washington doing anything down there? I mean, he's he's a good player, but he he's doing what he is doing is I wouldn't say a, an an example of him being some dominant player. It's more kind of situational because they don't have much on offense, and he he's a good player, but he's not. He's not like Kyle Pitts was at Florida, where you're like, man, we got to pay attention to this guy. The kid was impressive. Impressive, and so freak show. Um, but I, I just it really, I I I don't think I will say this though. Also on the record, in support of Georgia, Ohio State, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, obviously phenomenal receiver core, NFL players. Georgia's secondary is the best secondary in the country. All yeah, those, you talked about that a couple weeks ago. All That's... those kids are going to play in the NFL. So if you don't think that they can play with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, you're nuts. You're nuts. Now, will Chris Olave score a touchdown? Probably, right? That happens. It's just like the Good NFL. players are going to get there. So. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? He's going to get covered once or twice, like really, really covered, because he's never faced anything like that. Not in this conference. Do you think, I mean, OSU's a little bit different because, you know, they've talked about it in the past. It's like, all right, when you, when you got a stud wide out, but you also got a stud corner mm-hmm. on the same team. So yeah. you're going to go, you know, you're going up against All American versus All American. So that's, you know, reason why you go to a place like, OSU or Alabama or yeah. you know, Georgia is you're a five-star wideout where you're going against a five-star corner in Absolutely. practice. With guys like Chris Olave now, there's he hasn't gone against a corner yet that's a day one corner no. this season. Agree? No. Oh, absolutely. Not a day one corner. Not even close. So you're going to go your whole season out playing against an All-American corner, maybe the kid from Iowa, but that wouldn't be till the championship game. Yeah. So then you're going to go down to – maybe face Georgia against someone you haven't seen yet. Do you think that factors into any of this? I think it's huge. I think it's huge. And, and the only benefit, and, and I don't think Ohio State has a, D1, a day one corner on their roster right now. Um, I think Denzel Burke will be one. I think mm-hmm. Cameron Brown will be a later, like a second round guy if he runs 4-3 like he probably will. But that's what I used to tell my receivers all the time. Like, listen, this is all well and good. Like, And back back when I, early in, in my time at Ohio State, Michigan State had a couple first round corners. And it was like, all right, that was the only. Was that Trey Waynes? And, Trey, yeah, Trey Waynes uh, and uh, what's it? Johnny Adams was the other kid. Okay, Akron yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. So I used to tell Devin Smith, Michael Thomas every day, like, listen, all this shit you're getting away with in games, it is going to bite you in the ass when we play Michigan State or go play Bama or Clemson. It's just going to. So we have to train to beat those corners, not freaking Northwesterns, not Indiana's. Because if we're training to beat them, we're going to get our ass handed to us when we play a first-round corner. That's just what it is. And it happened in 2013. Makes sense. We played two first-round corners in 2013 in the Big Ten Championship game, and we couldn't get fucking open because we got we got yeah. away with everything all year. Not all year. For 24 straight games, we they got away with all kinds of shit that was just fundamentally, I don't know, immature. And then they went up against two first-round corners, couldn't get open. I think it's... I mean, Brings me up with something. I don't think the Big Ten's doing Ohio State any justice. They're not at all. No. I mean, we we've we tried our best. We as in fans, whatever <laughs> right. casual fans of hyping up Penn State. Yeah. Of hyping up Iowa. Yep. Now, 
Michigan and Michigan State may, you know, Michigan State's a good coach football team. We know Michigan has some talent. Mm-hmm. We just, basing off history, there's not a whole lot of faith that they're going to be able to no. continue it or keep it together. Yeah. He's, he's, so, w- what's the Big Ten doing for Ohio State? Uh, no, I mean, they're what they're not. What they're not doing is not recruiting with the teams we're talking about. They're not like Michigan's not recruiting against Georgia ever. No, never. No. Uh, Michigan State certainly is not. Now they they you know they're young in this this new program with Mel Tucker, but Penn State tries to. Um, but like I was looking at it because someone tweeted. I have a good friend of mine there, Jay Wan Sider. He's a running backs coach. They said Jay. Uh, it was some reporter had talked to a couple Big Ten coaches off the record, and he and he tweeted like they all said. Beating Jay Wan Sider in recruiting is extremely, extremely hard. And he is. He's a great recruiter. And then I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, but they, they haven't beat Ohio State on for running for anyone. Penn State hasn't beat the it. only guy they beat Ohio State on was what? Parsons? Mike Gasecki was one. I mean Parsons. But then OSU yeah, but State, turned State, away. Yeah, Ohio State him. turned him away. Like Jahan Dotson, I could have had him, but I didn't I didn't take him. I mean, you know, they, they haven't really beat Ohio State for many players at all. Um, and so that's, that's the problem right now is the big 10 is not recruiting against Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. Like, and, and if you're not, then you're, you're already, you're subpar to begin with. Now there's de- a whole nother conversation about development and all of that, that it does come into play. But if you play Georgia who has 25 star players, like you're going to get your ass kicked. 20, 20, 20 crazy. There's only one team in the Midwest right now that is recruiting at that level. You go down in Southeast. I mean, you throw Clemson, Georgia, uh, Alabama. I mean, and, and there's other ones that. Honestly, Oklahoma recruits at that level. Now you don't face them a lot. Only on offense. Yeah, only on offense. Um, but they, I mean, they they have Nick Benito, who's a South Florida kid, a DN, who's a dominant pass rusher. I mean, they have a couple guys. Um, but yeah, that, that's the problem, right? Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan. Those are the three that I look at. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, let's go down and try to like roll our sleeves up and go get in the mud and go get us a couple five stars. Like, go beat somebody, right? It only takes one. You well, sign with one. this new NIL stuff. You know, the oh. SEC not going to get away with everything they used to now because now it's kind of open waters. Yeah, now it's legal. And so yeah, it's compliance departments. It's, it's above board now. Yeah, right. Now, Thanks, now Jeremy Pruitt. Right. Now Notre Dame is like, it's legal now. So are we good? We can yeah, actually try right, now. <laughs> right, we can try. Okay. So that we're we talking about the Big Ten now. What would it take for OSU to not win the Big Ten title? Because I mean, they're clearly the favorite. Yeah. Who's clearly. the biggest threat? And what would that team actually need to accomplish to knock OSU off the pedestal? Mm. Well, it's not Penn State. It's not Iowa in the championship game. Um, honestly, I so it's either Michigan or Michigan State. I, I I like Michigan State better. I mean, and I'll get to my preview show on Thursday. I have I haven't broken the game down yet, but I think Michigan State wins that game as long as Peyton Thorne doesn't throw the ball to Michigan. Uh, Michigan's offense is very elementary i mean they're 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 asking they're throwing the ball three four yards downfield they're not they're not testing people i mean they had 19 completions in the game this saturday and all 19 of them the average travel distance was two yards like so it's like all right we're not really we're not really pressing things i like the 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 running back hassan whatever his last name is um he's a good player so honestly i would say michigan state based on team but this rivalry is going to flip at some point I'm not saying it's going to be this year. I'm not ready to make that call yet. One, because everyone will stop listening to the show probably. <laughs> but at some point, they're going to win a game. It's not going to go on forever. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty good this year. I'm they not going to say... They are good. I'm not. But... Yeah, I'm not going to say they're ready for that yet. But their offense is efficient. Mm-hmm. Their defense is okay. So what you're saying is they have the ability to... You just don't trust it. Well, I don't think you're not putting money. Ultimately, on it. I don't think they will. And the only reason they will is if anyone, Buckeye fans or Michigan fans or anyone, remembers how the rivalry used to be. It didn't fucking matter how good you were. It, no, it, it mattered didn't. who it mattered who wanted it more. Right. I mean, there was there was there was Ohio State teams that had five losses that would beat the number two undefeated Michigan team, you know, and vice versa. It never mattered. Was that, that game. at this year up there? It's, it's up the and house. it's up there. It's at the big house this year. It's at the big house okay. and you know, which is not very impressive. Ha- but. No, it's not. But however much you want to buy into it. It seems like Harbaugh really made it a point this offseason to prioritize this game, which he never has, and Rich Rod definitely didn't. And so that's where it went, right? You you went from Bo, uh, was the one guy Gary, uh, who the hell was the coach? I don't know. I was young. Anyways, then Lloyd Carr. I mean, it was that Bo Schembechler tree, yeah. right? And they, I mean, it was Bo versus Woody. And even after yep. those two coaches, that mentality yep. continued until you bring in Rich Rod, and then you start bringing in these personalities. And Ohio State never got away from that. 
that mantra, right? That's why they're kicking their ass now because it went, it went. I guess they did. John Cooper. That was that was the that was the rich rod of Ohio State football, right? He didn't. He's an Arizona guy. Didn't know shit about it. Didn't really care. And they he went what two and ten and one against them or something crazy. Yeah. And so, if if it's real, I think that's a, a real threat because. Yeah, I can't. I can't even say that because then how they ducked Ohio State last year, the comments he made, Jim Harbaugh made in in, in the off season. I, I, Ohio State's going to be ready for that game. So I, I guess Michigan State. As I'm talking it out, I think Michigan State is the one threat that that could pull something off. Again, you don't trust it. I you don't. don't trust that coaching staff. Don't. You don't trust what they're doing up nope, there. Sure don't. Well, that's. I mean, that's fair. I mean, it makes it makes plenty of sense. So then OSU rolls through the Big Ten. Once again, we already talked about how they'd face up against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 cover theoretically the other two college football positions, the other two teams that could make it there. Mm-hmm. Well, who does that look like to you? Give me give me a reason why they could make it, and then you know talk yourself out of it a little bit and tell me why they wouldn't. Um, well, I think the team that has the most solid chance to make it, honestly, is Cincinnati. I mean, they're, they're going to have one game left against SMU as long as they don't do something fucking stupid. They beat SMU, who's a really good football team this year, and it's it's going to be hard to deny an undefeated Cincinnati team who was so good last year. I get, mm-hmm. I get they they it looked like they lost to Georgia worse than they did in the bowl game, yeah. um, but I think Cincinnati gets in because I don't trust Oklahoma. I think they lose a game. I just don't know to who because <laughs> it's not Oklahoma State. It's, it, they don't really have a loss on the schedule, um, and Caleb Williams is he's he's a year away from being a guy that you could say, all right, this guy's it right yeah, he's yeah. a year away from it so I, I i like cincinnati's odds over uh oklahoma i i guess the other team you'd throw in there is alabama just because it's an interesting scenario i mean obviously i'm an sec guy right so right the interesting scenario would be you get to the sec championship game let's just say both teams win teams win out from here right georgia alabama they face off title game alabama best yeah then what can do you both th- make it in got to Got to. Georgia's the best team. I hate that mentality. I do too. But who's who? To do you, me, that should be your first round of your college football playoffs. Yeah. So one's out. There's We're, no doubt. That's what it should be. But the the other problem is, all right, who are you putting in? Somebody's going to get killed. Because if it's not one of those two teams, who is going to play Ohio State? Let them get boat raced. <laughs> well, let them get boat. Well, raced. and the other side of this is like, is it? it I, I don't even know who else it could be. That's that's the that's the real question. The real problem is there's no other team, right? Is so then you have to look at the Big Ten. Like, okay, if it's if Michigan, well, no, no, let's okay, let's go back. So it is. So say Alabama does best them, right? Yep. They, they they score. So you got them. You got OSU. You yep. got Cincinnati. And you can still have Oklahoma. And then yeah. Georgia's on the outside looking in. Yeah, you could, you could say that. But then then it, you know how the, the committee's going to go. They're going to go down. All right, who had who had the worst loss? Alabama or Georgia lost to an Alabama team, and like Alabama lost to an A and M team. A&M right? A and M's looking really good by the way. They are. They are. I had them. Some, I, I had them in. Uh, preseason, I th- they were my favorite to win the West, and so they really fucked me at the beginning of the year because I, I thought they were going to be legit, legit. And they came out of the gate looking like shit, and now they're turning it on finally, which kind of like Ohio State, they just had to play better teams, I guess. But but a- A&M was my threat in the West to take down Bama because I, I, I knew this Bama team was going to be down from what we're used to, which is, I mean, granted, high bar, most dominant team in the country every I mean, year. It's a stat they said that Every recruiting class that Nick Saban's has got a ring. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's insane. It's it's it's, it's uh it's testimony, right? Come here, you'll get a ring. I'm not just selling that. Like ask fucking anyone. The last ten years, yeah, they I'm all not, have them. <laughs> I'm not selling you an idea. I'm selling right. you the result of facts. I mean, it's facts. You can't turn on an NFL game without him being like kid announcing he played for Alabama, which is super frustrating. They're everywhere. For a Tennessee fan, it is. <laughs> no, I mean we've had. Listen, we don't need to. We don't need to drug up my old wounds here, my misery. <laughs> and we hit it on the Greg Schiano aspect, and oh, yeah. you know, shout out. Clay we got Travis. the hype. We got the hype now. That's for sure. Be and Hendon Hooker is playing phenomenal football. He really is. He impressed me. Uh, what Saturday? He played a really good game against Alabama. We just have no depth. No so depth. Reality. It is. It take. It's, it's going to take a minute to. To go into that fight feeling like you have the 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 weaponry that they have, that's or good, even close. That's a good thing we talked about earlier. You got a lot of these these young teams out there that have they're really down on scholarships and different programs, and you got these kids in the transfer portal now. 
Well, and the sad you part know, is you can you, sell that idea. You, you you have a team like Tennessee who plays Alabama close. If they can beat Kentucky, kind of finish on a real positive momentum end to the season. That's unbelievable for the transfer portal. Huge. And Tennessee needs to attack the portal hard this offseason and get some vets in there, some guys that have played places, maybe some smaller school kids that killed it. You know, they were diamonds in the rough and they, they got to do it. And that's where that's where Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. I mean, it's it's over for him. It's over. If he's not going to utilize the portal, it's it's over. Oh, Dabo. Yeah. Well, he doesn't he doesn't want to pay kids and he doesn't want to use the portal. Well, he, I mean, and it's over for him. Is, it, is the pride going to be the end of the Clemson area? Oh, it's done. It's yes, absolutely. And that and they have aver- pretty average coaches. I mean, it, they were just so loaded because they did a good job in recruiting. Well, guess what? If you're you're against NIL, I mean, if you're going to you know, go on crazy like Trump TV and stuff like that and then go walk in a liberal household or a, a minority kid, like you're done. You're done. And on top of that, you're not going to attack the portal and try to get a great player because their best corner went to Georgia, by the way. He starts right now. Like, okay, you lost him and you're not bringing anyone in. The fuck's wrong with you? It's a simple math equation, right? You lost an All-American. Yeah, you better have an All-American to replace him or you're worse. And he he won't do it. Speaking of, I saw a bowl projection that had Tennessee against Clemson. Ooh, that would be awesome. Like the Mayo Bowl or something. There's a lot of hate down there for Clemson because a lot of those kids – Oh, T. made the Clemson program oh, what they Cooper. are. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Or Tennessee kids. Yeah. Tennessee fans. Came yep. out of their backyard. Yep. Thanks, Butch Jones. Yeah. yeah. Well, fun. Butch, Tennessee's coaching hires did not do them any favors since Phil Fulmer. That's for sure. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. Brutal. Well, that's all. That's the only thing I screenshotted. I got one more thing to read off. I want you to tell me if this has been a good season or if you need to, you know, you need to question where you're at. So well, I'm bringing it back up here. Got a quarterback here. Mm-hmm. Quarterback. I'm read off these stats. Tell me how you feel about them. Bring it back. Okay. We are currently 75 of 131. Mm-hmm. 57.3 completion percentage. Mm-hmm. For 816, two TDs and six picks. That's brutal. Brutal. I mean, just your touchdown interception radios br- ratio is brutal. Oh, <laughs> hey, but I'm gonna tell you what. So that's Justin Fields. Two, two. I will tell you this much, and I was gonna bring this up in in one of my shows coming up because Matt Nagy needs to be fired now. And I said this. I said I this was, a while ago. I was bringing this up to say this is not a testament to Justin Fields. No, it's it's, it's this is everything this to is, do with where he ended up at. It's criminal. It's criminal. I I heard today. That it, that it, and, and it was confirmed. Justin Fields said it, and their office coordinator said it that his, he, his one interception in, in the game Sunday um, on the headset, they told him they have twelve on the field. They have twelve on the field. So he quick snapped it to get that penalty and took a shot downfield. And you know that's one of those you don't care what happens, just launch it, and you might get lucky, right? That's what you're taught I mean, to do. They are. I mean, they Al had Robinson's pretty good at that. Is they it? had eleven on the field. They they miscounted. There was no no penalty. The interception stood. And you're, you're sitting here like, and and the best part is, they said that's the second time that's happened this year. That's this incredible. Incredible. That's incredible. So two of his interceptions are on the coaches for not being able to count to eleven. At this point, you got to figure he's trying to be this bad. I mean, I I don't know what I don't know what the the moral story is that Matt Nagy's got to go, and I don't know why he's still there at all. I mean, it's just they're doing that kid a disservice, and I I I think Justin still will be a really good quarterback in the NFL. He might not, but he's not. He has no shot right now. So we'll never find out. Not until he gets a different no. scheme and a different head coach. And, yeah, and you just look yeah. at Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford might win the freaking player of the year this year. And how long did he play in Detroit? And people were like, yeah, he's not the answer. It's like, really? Detroit's yeah. just awful. So Yes. We'll see. I mean, I've always told my players and I've always said on my show, the NF- success in the NFL is so much bigger than how good you are or how well you do. Michael Thomas got drafted by the Saints he felt his draft stock wasn't as high as it should have been, and he walked into the the most perfect like situation ever to exist. And he's a really good player. I'm gonna bite my tongue. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but you look at Dwayne Haskins. I'm not saying he's an NFL great, but he goes to Washington. Horrible situation. Now at least he's in Pittsburgh. He might have a chance to develop a little bit. It's so situational. And Joey Galloway told me one time he went to Seattle. Don't even ask me who his quarterbacks were. I was young. But he he had a quarterback with a monster arm, whoever it was. Buckeye fans that are older will remember. And he 
he had a great career there. Then he went to Tampa Bay, right? right. Contract time. He goes right. to Tampa Bay. I don't know who the quarterback there was, but that guy couldn't make the throw. The same throws. Like Joey Galloway's money was an 18 yard yeah, comeback. This is before my time. Right. But either way, Joey Galloway was like, hey, he looked at the quarterback like, hey, man, we got to make that throw. Like, that's my money. Like, you're fucking with my money because you can't make that throw. And he was like, that's when I realized, like, your situation is so important in the NFL. If you're a receiver, like, who's your quarterback? Can he make the throws you need him to make? Right. And then how's your O line? Will they protect him for those longer routes? Like, so much goes into it because the league is a, I mean, it, the margin of error is small, right? Very small. So very small. It's uh it's definitely unfortunate for Justin, but the minute he got drafted, that was the first thing I said. I said, one, who's he throwing it to? And two, wh- who's gonna block for him? And three, please God, don't put him in this year, right? <laughs> like just ride out Andy Dalton and let this kid come in next year when you can maybe rebuild the place a little bit. Yeah, I was uh I was terrified for him. Terrified like, for him. That's a bad football team. Bad football team. Really bad. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. I know I know people will enjoy enjoy the questions and enjoy the content. And this was really good. We'll have to do it again. Well, I loved it. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, Thank you. man. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate Caleb coming on and, and always uh, appreciate great conversation. I appreciate conversation about sports, right? Especially with somebody knowledgeable and uh, you know, just have great conversation. So I appreciate him coming on. The mind of the menace. And uh, we're gonna try to do this uh this style of show every now and then. I know I, I had another gentleman reach out to me uh, saying he had a bunch of questions and, and 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 I need to do the call-in show. I keep fucking that up. The call-in show is a great opportunity for, for people to call in and ask questions. So we're going to get back to that at some point. I just got to figure out a night. If you have an idea of when that night should be, I'm thinking Tuesday nights, honestly. My son's football is over. Now we're freed up and there's no football on. My biggest problem is Sunday nights, NFL, Monday nights, NFL. So maybe Tuesday night call-in. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Um, but thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate you. Hope you enjoyed the extra content for the week. And moving forward, we will try to have something, an an additional show, uh, especially for Patreon subscribers weekly. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate you. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you were entertained. And if you didn't, go fuck yourself, San Diego. Watches downfield. It's Olave. He's got a touchdown. Ohio State. Why am I talking? You're not even in football. Yeah. Did you even play to the high school level? You took journalism. It's a bunch of nerds interrupting people who know what they're doing. <laughs> it goes to the corner, dies to the corner. He didn't get there. No, they say he did. And Indiana wins. The commissioner could literally punt a baby with his wingtips on. I'm still going to watch on Sunday. Looking for the deep ball. I don't condone the man's actions, but it's football. I have to watch it. This is all I have. On first down, it's Brees Hall. He doesn't go down. He might go all the way. He stays on his feet again and scores. I wasn't going to hit a woman, but then that guy in the Ravens did it, so I guess it's okay. Okay.